Are you someone you know battling cancer? Welcome to Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feld, where you get to be part of a live consultation with a patient diagnosed with cancer. I was never close to my father. In fact, I found out that he passed away from colon cancer six months after he died. I never got to be with him during his struggle. This podcast and the cutting-edge integrative cancer therapies I offer at my center are my chance to do what I didn't get to do for my father. Tune in as I get to know the struggles and victories of my guests while battling cancer. We will discuss natural medicine and how it can safely be integrated into traditional oncology care. You are not alone in your struggle. Hello there, Michael and Teresa. Thank you so much for joining me on, on Integrative Cancer Solution with Dr. Carl Felt. Thank you, Dr. Carl Felt. Glad to be here. Thank you. So, Teresa, you've had quite a, a long journey. Uh, you've dealt both with autoimmune conditions and, and then you were diagnosed with cancer. Tell me a little bit about you know, what, what was going on. I was diagnosed with cancer after I had had a radical hysterectomy. And on February 3rd, I was diagnosed right shortly thereafter. Well, it was right before, actually. It was right previously to February 3rd. I went to the uh, gynecologist and she said, we just, I have a feeling that it's cancer. And I said, okay. So we uh, went and further went into the hysterectomy and had a complete radical hysterectomy. They removed... uh, 10 lymph nodes at the time and just all kinds of good stuff. (laughs) So with the, I mean, what was the reason for the hysterectomy initially? Um, There's, they found a tumor on my ovary, on my one ovary, there was like a sizable tumor. Okay. And uh, then once they got in there, they found that there was another tumor that was on top of the colon setting. So yeah, so then I had a lower lymph nodes removed, and then they removed the little tumor that was setting on top of the colon. And were these tumors, were they cancerous, both of them, or were they? Yes, yes. It, 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 it was. Uh, she had about a two and a quarter inch uh, section of her bowel removed uh, because of the way the tumor had grown from the backside. It was like they were semi-connected off of the ovaries. And so, yeah, she had a, a six-hour surgery that they had to take off the uh, uh, 10 or 11 lymph nodes and a, the bowel section, and then, of course, a, a complete hysterectomy. Yeah. Okay, so did they feel that the origin was the ovary, or what, what type of cancer did they say that it was? Endometrial. They said it was stage four endometrial cancer. Okay, okay. So... So you had the, the surgery. I mean, they you were going to have the surgery anyway, and then they found these other tumors. Yes. And uh, so they had the surgery, and what did they want to do after that? I mean, what kind of treatment were they suggesting after that? Chemo. <laughs> yep, chemotherapy. They said we should do carboplatin and... Plantitaxin or something like that. Yeah, I don't recall exactly what they were, but the short name was Taxel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the two chemos. 
And I said, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> and what was the reasoning behind that? I mean, for saying no, thank you. I mean, because here you're dealing with, you know, stage four, and obviously the oncologists are threatening you with, if you don't do this, you're going to die. Uh, but with my MS, multiple sclerosis, I, uh, all the, what would you say? The, the carboplatin had an effect on the nerve system. Mm-hmm. The other one also had a side effect that could cause neuropathy and possibly uh, loss of sight. Well, she had already lost her right eye in 2008 to MS. And uh, so uh, she felt that with what she was facing, it wasn't worth what she had fought for 15 years to get back mm-hmm. uh, and ready to lose it all again. So that's pretty much what she had indicated that she wanted to do is follow something different. Right. So with the MS then, uh, had you been on biologics, you know, like immunosuppressant drugs? Years ago, I was on. She'd been on Copaxin for about 15 years, which was, uh, it started off in the first eight years, I think it was, it was a a daily injectable. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Anyone that knows about these injectables, they know that there's a, a, a certain percentage of cancer ca- that causes cancer. Then uh, shortly after, well, about after eight years, they introduced a new one that was three times a week, which made it a lot better for her because they were very painful shots. So yeah. she had been on that for right at about seven, six to seven years. Mm-hmm. And what were the benefits of these shots? I mean, did you notice improvements in your symptoms or just kind of maintaining? It kind of made, it just stopped the uh, relapses. I didn't have any more relapses. I had had a couple relapses and that's when I lost my eye is I had a relapse and it took out the right eye kind of, but it did halt that. It did stop it and seem to hold it, but it never completely went away. In fact, my right leg kind of went south. <laughs> it just kind of went bad and my walking bit. Yeah, she struggled, you know, it, it maintained. Uh, yeah. It was re- at the beginning from about 2005 to 2006, mm-hmm. she was going downhill fast. Okay. And so uh, we went through all the protocols and the tests and, and experimentations as I call it, uh, to see what we could do to halt it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had sought out some more uh, natural ways at first, but uh, they weren't at the time, it wasn't the right protocol to follow. And uh, then we went into the medications and the first couple or the first medication she tried was totally incompatible. She, it didn't, she didn't do well at all on it. So she had gave up for a, a year or so and uh, we were pr- trying to pursue uh, low dose naproxone, mm-hmm. but no one would pr- prescribe it. They just says, no, it's, it, there's no scientific evidence behind it yet. Well, anyway, we had read and discovered otherwise, but no one, we couldn't find anyone. So that's why she went yeah, for my, like a year and a half without anything. My neurologist said, no, absolutely not. We, I can't do that. So I said, oh, well, okay. So she switched neurologists and they put her on Copaxin right away. And then she stabilized and maintained for 15 years or so. And then finally she had a reaction two years ago, two and a half years ago, that was misdiagnosed. And finally a uh, a physician 
organization that was more versed in drug interactions said that you're having a reaction to Copaxin and her oncologist or her neurologist says, well, yeah, it's time she needs to change anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's when she, uh, we pursued LDN. She found a physician to prescribe that and she's been great. It was kind of a slow procedure back, but no re- relapses. She started uh, walking better, sleeping better, et cetera. And, uh, then, uh, she uh, late last year, she got into a situation where she was encountering pain in uh, her female organs and stuff like that. Feminine pain as yeah. women normally have. So she decided to go in and have it checked out in January. And uh, she was over there in Boise at a uh, gynecologist's office for just an annual checkup really. And she ended up staying there for two and a half hours because she spotted what was going on, mm-hmm. did the tests and everything and said, here, we've contacted an oncologist and we're pretty sure you have cancer. And the rest of the story, she just told you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that that's very understandable in regard to the chemo. I mean, what, how did the oncologist feel? I mean, what, what was their response when you said, no way, I don't want to do chemo? Oh, she did not like it. That's for sure. <laughs> She yeah. did not did not take lightly. She was just kind of like, well, if you were my family member, I would want you to do this because this is probably meaning of your life. And I said, well, I don't know about that. You know, I just have more faith in the natural because it's always helped me out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what, what was your next step? I mean, what, I mean, you, you said no. And then obviously you've, uh, uh, you want to s- seek out something that you can do. I mean, so what was your next step then at that time? I looked you up. <laughs> I looked at Dr. Carl Felt Center. She had wanted to go to you the year for years. Yeah. And just never, we never pursued it. Yeah, because they thought pursued. I had limes possibly. Yeah, that we thought the MS may be limes because the, how LDN was working. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of where the idea was with this, even though that. She went through the process of having the port in for chemotherapy. She basically says, I don't want chemotherapy. And when we told her we wanted the uh, port removed, her oncologist was not happy at all. And even the pressure is still on today. Yeah. But, so, but we, my first neurologist in Boise told me that he took a really extensive blood test. He took tube after tube. And he told me that he felt like I... It could possibly be lines. He said, let's look. So he did the test and it come back like a 0. 0.03. And he goes, oh, that's so minute. We won't even worry about that. That's like it. That's like a false positive. Well, I mean, one thing with Lyme, it's so hard to get a, a positive. You know, yeah. So and yeah. more common than not to get false negatives and Usually the normal test that people do, just the plain Western blot, is, is not very conclusive. You know, so uh, it may be useful when you're dealing with acute Lyme, where you've just been bit. But uh, if you're dealing with chronic Lyme, which most people do that deal with you know, autoimmune or, or even cancer, actually, then it is uh, other tests that tends to be a little bit more um, accurate you know, rather than just plain Western blot. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
in regards to, so then you came, you contacted my center and, and tell me a little bit about what, what happened. I mean, what did we do? I'll talk for her. She's, she's <laughs> I'm trying to think. Let's see. Uh, you started out with the, the two week program, yeah. which was uh, set up by you and your staff uh, based on her labs and uh, her oncology report. And uh, so we uh, did the two week protocol yeah. every day. She was there for treatment, uh, the IVs, the hyperbarics, et cetera. And then uh, after that, I believe it was, is that you did an evaluation. And uh, you, Teresa, both agree that you saw improvements and, and needed to uh, change things up a little bit. And so we went on a uh, eight-week, two days a week, two weeks on, one week off protocol. And she has done fantastically. With the IV therapy. With the IV therapy, the oxygen therapies, and all the therapies and protocols that you've called for. And she's a different person. It's been I, great. I, I will basically testify to that. She hasn't been this youthful <laughs> and happy and good feeling in probably 15 to 30 years. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. It is. It's simply amazing. Yeah. So when you say youthful, I mean, in what ways are you noticing that? More vibrant, I guess. About walking, I walk for two miles. You know, I go for two mile walks and we haven't done that for a while, <laughs> but yeah, we've been going for two mile walks. And she's always had a sleeping problem, and now, and I now sleep. she sleeps like a rock. It's uh, like a rock. She's always wakes up. She's always been a morning person, even though when she felt bad. But it's kind of like it just was a struggle for her to get going. But now she's up. She's rare, and she's going, and yeah. and it doesn't stop until bedtime. Just feel yeah. like I'm back alive again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of nice. <laughs> Actually, That's amazing. Yeah. Uh -huh. And any kind of changes with your MS symptoms? So you, you mentioned that your leg is doing better. How about your eyes? Any changes there? My right eye is actually doing better. I'm seeing more than I was always seeing just like a look like you're looking through a screen door. I always said kind of like you're looking through an obscured glass mm -hmm. or something like that. And now I see more definite outlines. I can see people, which is amazing. And I mean, I don't see like real detail detail, but I can see outlines, which is amazing because I haven't seen nothing's been black. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm seeing actual colors, some colors. And they told me, well, the doctor told me I would probably never see out of my eye again. Bye doctor. And I said, um, I don't believe that, <laughs> you know, but now I am actually, yeah, I, I can see like in, out in our yard, I can see trees and I can see them in my living room. I can actually see the TV. I, we don't watch it very much, but I can actually see it. Things like that. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> What's interesting is that, you know, to be able to with her, her right hand, she when the MS attacked her right side. She had to learn to write again, like two or three times. And uh, since this, in the, in the last three months, not only has her writing improved, but she can now reach for the door handle and actually touch, get up the first time. Whereas when the eye was gone before, she had missed the door handle. And it would frustrate her mm -hmm. because of the brain, you know, miscommunication mm -hmm. from the right eye to the left eye. And a lot of that's gone. A lot of that's gone. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's amazing. Yep. The depth perception is back. It's kind of good. 
Well, just, it really just, walking. just kind of shows that God had different plans and the neurologist. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Amen and hallelujah to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do, do you remember some of the IVs we were doing and what took place? And I know you get a bunch of them, or I gave you a bunch of them, but I'm, I'm just curious kind of what if you remember some of the things that were done. Yeah, let's see. We'll start from the beginning. What was the, the poly the, or the MBA or uh, what do you call it? Yeah. I never can't remember exact name. That's okay. Such weird names of all these things. <laughs> but yeah, that they all is, have been really beneficial. I have did notice right away that the poly, the MBA, um, all of them has really been. Artisanate was really great. I felt really good. I the Weber laser. The Weber laser was awesome. It really helped me. Um, you know, I used the wand Mm -hmm. over the area. And then also the whole cat uh machine and all the machines, the hyperbaric, I can tell a difference when I'm the energy. The vitamin C. Vitamin C has been awesome. It's really helping my eye. I could really, my, it became more vibrant. And every time I do the vitamin C, I can tell a huge difference, but every one of them has been beneficial. I wouldn't say, you know, it's hard to label which one helped me more because I feel that they all was so beneficial to me because I felt so much better. Yeah. You, you basically, your protocol is right on for for Teresa. It was right on. It was just, you yep. could t- and, and she would come home and she would talk about the people that she would visit with yeah. that, uh, mm-hmm. you and your, your staff are treating. And it's just like, <laughs> praise the Lord. Yes. You know, the, the God is working, I want to say miracles in your clinic. Oh, yes. Okay. So Very much so. Thank you and bless you. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, that, and that's where we need to give all, all the praise is uh, yes. God's healing power. And then we just want to align ourselves in a way to be tools in his hand and that you are yeah Uh, yes yeah and what's so fascinating dealing like the artisanate for instance Mm -hmm. uh, it is fantastic for both autoimmune conditions yeah because it has that anti-inflammatory and also uh, both on on brain nervous system and kind of regulate the immune system in addition to then oxidizing cancer cells, you know, creating oxidative stress within cancer cells. So it's really amazing how it works in both areas for you and, and the vitamin C, very similar. Uh, and then poly MVA, turning on the metabolism, you know, within the cells so the mitochondria can function better and, and your healthy cells can heal. And then the cancer cells, you know, the, uh, the cell death switch can be turned on in the mitochondria to kill them off. So it's, it's really amazing how you're thinking you're working on two different things where you have the autoimmune condition where you're supposed to suppress the immune system and then cancer where you're supposed to activate the immune system. But when you bring in God's tools, you know, we're natural things then they function, they help to regulate the system and where you need to activate things you activate and where you suppress, the body will then suppress. So you kind of restore normal, healthy function in the body. And the dietitian's help has been very helpful too. I, I've had help all the way around, which I totally appreciate. 
Well, and tell me, so you had a last, uh, the last blood work and last scan. I mean, what, what did all of that show? Well, it was very good news. It came back clear. Yeah, her <laughs> the cat, cat scan came back clear and the blood work was... Cancer markers were b- way below the threshold that they classify as normal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I had the same gentleman that looked over my CAT scan was the same guy that saw it at the beginning of time when I went in to have my surgery. And so that was, it was, yeah. it was really cool because it was danced blowing. On that one. <laughs> we, yeah, <laughs> we danced. <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> well, yeah. But what was your oncologist? Did, did they make a comment on the results or what, what did they? I don't believe that she has seen any of this. Uh, Teresa is kind of semi, or I should say, cut the ties at this point. Yeah. Well, I'm disappointed. She didn't ask for any. She didn't follow up. She didn't ask. Yeah, you've, you're the one that's followed up. You've gave me the CAT scan. You've gave me the blood test. You. She keeps wanting me to come back and has have this exam, and I'm like, uh, really? What are you doing? Because. What is there to examine? I mean, everything's gone pretty much. I mean, but she don't have any blood tests. She don't do the CAT scan. And I'm like, so why aren't you, but I'm like, I didn't say, why aren't you doing this? Because I don't really feel like being her, the oncologist, it is at my point to say, why aren't you doing this for me? You know, so I just kind of dropped it and I don't really plan on going back. I just, I don't want to go back because they make me wear a mask every time. (laughs) (laughs) And and I don't want to wear a mask. No, no. I I had to have three times. I had to have the swab up the nose just to go in for my surgery because of COVID. And I just, I don't appreciate it because I know there was things on that that I did not like. And they say, I've had people tell me this don't go out of your system for five years. And I said, no way. <laughs> you know, I'm like five years. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. All of that is, is scary. And then, yeah, they, they make it harder and harder to, to get into hospitals with all these kind of new regulations that they're throwing in. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. They are petrified. Whatever it is they're petrified of is really got them scared. Yeah. And it's sad that, if you do just a little bit of research, we seem to see this, mm. it all is, is fear. I'm just not big pharma. I've never been big pharma. And I hate, you know, I probably shouldn't say that, but for me, it just, every time I have, well, like my doctor, they gave me actually, what was it they gave Morphine. Morphine. Mm-hmm. They told me, they said, well, your surgery took like, five to six hours and we gave you morphine and i'm like and why did you give me morphine Mm -hmm. and because i was always under the impression that that was only like in a life or death situation Mm -hmm. and maybe i was that way that bad i don't know but anyway i uh i was a little disappointed when i found that out that they'd given me that the whole beginning and and not not to take up too much time here from the start from the time that she was went to the gynecologist she had to come up here and shortly thereafter what they uh, had seen they decided to do a colonoscopy for some reason they just felt they called for the colonoscopy so she had to have the the test for covid 
before she could have the colonoscopy. And then right after that, she had to go through that procedure. And so she did without food for mm -hmm. that day and then the day of the colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. And then we were going over to Boise to prep for surgery. So our doctor called for another swab because it would expire in the time they got over there and got her prepped for surgery. So she had to go back up here and have the second swab done in three days. And uh, on the way to Boise, the third day, she didn't eat at all because she was asked not to eat before surgery, just mm -hmm. liquids. Mm -hmm. And so when she got in there and got prepped for surgery and everything, she hadn't ate for basically four days because coming out of surgery, you, you can't eat. No, no. Then she was on a liquid diet for two days after that. Well, she kept getting sick and she kept vomiting uh, the first 24, 40 some hours, whatever it was. And when it it's come to find out within the IV that they were feeding her through, they were just putting massive doses of uh, opioids for pain. And uh, she can't tolerate that. I said, why are you giving me this? And she so, said, you're pain. I said, I'm not in pain. Well, they thought, well that's because we're giving you this. So, no, she stop it. Just stop it. She, well, you can't because you came out of surgery. You were on morphine because they knew that you were going to be in pain. We don't want you to be in pain. And so they were addressing the pain more than the other. In our, and so it's, it was a nightmare. And then to follow up shortly thereafter the surgery and everything, she, when we decided to do the port, she had to be swabbed again for COVID to go have the port put in. And she had to be knocked out for that. And it's just like, you gotta be kidding me. And so when, during that period, when they told us the type of chemotherapy that they prescribed for her and bless her heart, her, uh, my sister-in-law, Teresa's sister knows more about some of this than we do. She investigated further than I did found out that this was totally incompatible with her MS. Yeah. So her husband had cancer. So she knew a lot about this. So when we approached her oncologist about, you know, is there anything else? And she says, no, this is the normal. And I mentioned to her that this has a very large chance of inflaming her MS and making it worse. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes people have to make a choice. And I just, that's so, where we just, I just, we just both just kind of dropped and just looked at the floor. That wasn't my choice. So, so it, well, obviously, Teresa didn't make that choice. I no. made a perfect choice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean interject here, but no. it's no, that was, that was perfect. Yeah. And what, what are some of the things that you, for someone that's newly diagnosed, I mean, you've, you two have gone through this journey. Mm -hmm. um, for someone that's newly diagnosed, I mean, what would be kind of few tips that you would give them that you wish that you would have known to start with? Um, what would you tell them? Get to the Carl Felt Center right away. Well, thank you. I'm flattered. <laughs> that's what I would say because that was where I got the most help, I guess, for me anyway. Yeah. But yeah, and go, you know, I was glad I went to the doctor and got everything found out for sure. I did need to do that, which I did. I was too busy raising my son. <laughs> and the other aspect of it too is with Teresa's condition and the way we look at it from hindsight is that with as far advanced in cancer, because she's always one that always puts things off. Yep. She kind of had some warning signs in 2019 that she may have had some problems that she should have followed up on. But uh, going through the surgery and getting that taken care of, Great. 
it worked for her. Now she did the proper follow-up and hopefully this continuation of the protocol will reassure her and me that this is gone and it will be gone and stay gone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we're doing some peptide therapy as well, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So like the thymusin alpha one and the methylene blue, yeah, yep. so to kind of keep the immune system up and strong and shut down a bunch of cancer drivers along with some of the supplements you're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Michael and Teresa, thank you so much for describing your journey, describing everything that you you, know, you went through. Because um, I know this type of information is so useful for people that are diagnosed uh, so that they can, instead of having to figure it out all on their own, uh, they can then rely on somebody else's experience and kind of see what kind of feel is this right for me? I mean, is this something that uh, I should do as well? So yeah. thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and it's not designed to diagnose or treat any disease. I hope this podcast impacted you as it did me. Please subscribe so that you can be notified when new episodes are released. There are some excellent shows coming up that you do not want to miss. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please take a moment to write a review and please don't keep this information to yourself. Share them with your family and friends. You never know what piece of information that will transform their lives. For past episodes and powerful information on how to conquer cancer, go to integrativecancersolutions.com. If you would like to know more about the cutting-edge integrative oncology therapies my center offers, please visit thecarlfeltcenter.com. Thank you for spending this time with us, and I hope to see you at our next episode of Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feldt.